God never said that. That's literally become, I feel like, my new tagline when I meet people. I was at Luke's football practice a few weeks ago, and, you know, these parents have this weird ritual they do at football practice where they introduce themselves to each other and be cordial. It's not really my thing. I don't enjoy it. I try to avoid it. This time I made it to about week three without having to introduce myself to someone. I was kind of proud of that. And this lady introduced herself to me and I introduced myself. And somehow along in the conversation, the fact that I passed her action church came up. And instantly, instantly, the conversation became spiritual. They started throwing out their cliches. Oh, I'm not a churchgoer, but I know the Lord had never given me more than I can handle. And I'm like, yeah, God never said that. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Literally, she's like, but I just know, I know the Lord. He's always with me. He's got my mom up there as a guardian angel watching over me. And I'm like, yeah, God never said that. And then it's like, you know, and I'm, I'm saying nothing. Because here's the deal, I don't want to talk to you. I'm like, uh-huh, yep. You know, I mean, I'm a good person. And I'm like, like, I'm not your judge. Like, why are you pleading your case to me? You got crazy eyes. I don't, maybe you are, but you seem a little crazy. But we live in that day and time where we love to throw things out. We love to post our picture quotes with cute little cliches. And let's be honest, they're great cliches. But the problem is, we spend more time on social media than we do the Word of God, and so now we don't understand why our theology's messed up. We no longer know what God said, and we think it must be true because it's on the Internet, because it's on social media. Anybody here on TikTok? I know China has TikTok and you shouldn't be on TikTok, but you know, I'm a glutton for a good funny video. Anybody else on TikTok? I'm on TikTok the other day and this guy's talking about this new documentary on Netflix. He's got a picture of the documentary. He's breaking down the year. I was like, man, that sounds awesome. I'm going to watch that documentary. There was no such documentary. The documentary didn't exist. The, the whole TikTok video was satire. And I'm like, oh, he got me. And then I'll be damned if five days later he didn't have another video with another documentary. And Christine's like, what are you doing? I'm trying to find this documentary this guy's talking about on TikTok, and I can't find it anywhere. And she said, the same guy that you were looking at the other day? I was like, yeah, yeah. And as soon as I was like, I'm a little bit slow, the light bulb went off in my head. And she's like, you know that everything that is on TikTok is not true, right? I was like, yeah. But we live our life thinking, man, we saw it online, it must be true. And what it's doing is, it's giving us a false sense of faith. It's causing us to put our faith and our knowledge in things that are found lacking. And what the problem is, is when those things don't seem to happen the way we think they ought to happen, we don't look at the fact that they're not true. We get angry with God because we think God said it, when in reality, hey, God never said that. And so we've been looking at different little cliches that we deal with that. And this week we're going to look at one of the most relevant 
and culturally believed lies going around today. I pride myself on being a very practical teacher. If you want deep theology, I am not your guy. If you want a guy who knows the Bible backwards and forwards, I am not your guy. If you want a guy who is going to wow you in the original languages of the Scripture, man, bam, I am not your guy. If you want to take a guy that's going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, where everybody can have one, and take a story from the Bible and tell you how it applies to your life, I'm your guy. That's what I do. It seems to work. I pride myself on the practicality of my teaching, but today we're not necessarily going to be practical. We're going to be a little reminder. Sometimes you got to be reminded of why we believe what we believe. We need to be reminded of who our faith is in. That way when we teach the practical messages, we know they're rooted and they're founded in the fact that Jesus Christ is king. So today we're going to be covering a subject. You may have heard it. Let's be honest, you may have said it. You may even believe it because all over the world, especially in our country in this day of everybody get along and everyone had the same opinions, it's thrown out a lot. But the reality is God never said it. We're going to look at this subject today. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you have good intentions. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere in your belief. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are devoted in your pursuit of God. As long as you are earnestly seeking, it doesn't matter what you believe. And that's the culture that we live in today. All things are the same. All paths lead to the same God. And I got to be real honest with you today. It sounds good. I dig it. It just kind of sounds Awesome to say, man, God is so big and so loving that it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincerely believing it. It'd make life a lot easier. It's called feel-good theology. And everybody wants to feel good. I don't know anybody that doesn't want to feel good. And so we say things that make people feel good. And we see it all the time. We'll see someone talking to a friend and they come along and say, well, man, hey, hey, man, you're a good person. And you're better than most people, so things are going to be okay. It's, it's okay. You're, you're a good person, right? Or, or think about it so quite often. I've done so many funerals and someone will pass away and someone will get up and speak at that loved one's funeral. And they'll always be like, well, they weren't a very religious person. But they were a good person. And I know where they are today. They'll follow that up with the whole, I know grandma's in heaven watching down over me. I'm a granny's boy. Anybody else a granny's boy? Like I grew up with the greatest granny in the world. She was a granny. So that makes her different than a grandma, a grandmother, a Mimi, 
a nana. She was a granny. Grannies know how to go in the kitchen. This has nothing to do with the sermon, but it just sounds good. And throw down. And my granny knew how to throw down. And when my granny passed away, it broke my heart. But here's the deal. There's at least three or four times a day. I don't want my granny looking down from heaven and seeing anything I'm doing. Well, they were a good, good person. The common belief in our culture today is it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere in your beliefs. And, and, and what's interesting today about our culture is that actually, and you're going to find this surprising at first, but then you're going to see what I'm talking about, basic spirituality is not controversial. It's not controversial in our society to believe in God. The generic term, God. Go watch any sporting event and they win the Super Bowl. and man, they want to give praise to who? God. They win the Grammy and they want to give thanks to who? God. Are you awake today? Some of you are going to have your belief system effed up today. Excuse my language. But that's the only way I know to describe it. So there's not going to be a lot of amens today because some of you have bought into the lie that it's all just good. That it doesn't matter what you believe. You've bought into the lie that things that are different are the same. And I'm going to ask you to consider some things today. And it's going to upset some of you today. Because here's why it's going to upset you today. We no longer base our beliefs on the Bible. We base them on our feelings. So we have a family member who believes something else. And they might be a great family member, and they might be a good family member, and they might be the greatest person in the world. So how dare we say they're wrong in their beliefs? Well, we don't say they're wrong in their beliefs. We're just simply saying things that are different are not the same. And listen, it does matter what you believe. So you're not going to amen today because it's going to upset some of you. Here's the deal. I'm not sorry that you're so thin-skinned it upsets you. If the truth offends you, the truth is still right. And I'm going to back it up today with Scripture. Now, here's what I also want you to know. At the end of the day, I love you no matter what. If you leave here today and you're an atheist and you're still an atheist, man, you are more than welcome to come through the doors of this church anytime you want to. We love you. If you believe your, if you identify as a dog, man, then all means identify as a dog. I'm not going to bark at you, but man, I don't care. We love you. But I'm also not going to cater to you to not hurt your feelings. We're going to get into the Word of God today. If you watch somebody on a daytime talk show, you can talk about spirituality all day long. There's no controversy in spirituality, don't miss this because I'm dead on right here. Until somebody brings up the name of Jesus and things get real tense. You can talk about God. You can talk about spirituality. You can talk about a higher power and nobody wigs out. But the moment you talk about Jesus, things get real interesting. And what's interesting about that to me is nobody, nobody debates the existence of Jesus. 
Even the biggest critics to Christianity will tell you that Jesus was a real man. History books prove he was a man who lived and died and he walked this earth. They're going to acknowledge all day long that he was a very real person. I don't know anybody who doesn't like the teachings of Jesus. Help the poor. Love others. Be generous. Forgive those who hurt you. I mean, here's the deal. His teaching is phenomenal. Even if you hate Christianity, it's virtually impossible to hate the teachings of Jesus. So his detractors don't debate his existence. They don't debate his teaching. Matter of fact, there's power and beauty in his teaching. Yet the minute people talk about Jesus in this culture, they're immediately canceled. And have you ever wondered why? What is it that separates Jesus from all the other gods? And I'm going to make a case today. It's the claim that Jesus made. It's the exclusive claim that Jesus made. It's the exclusive claim that he made that gets everyone bent out of shape and everyone pissed off and everyone rattled. Jesus told him this in John 14, 6, and this is the verse that becomes a stumbling block for society when it comes to Jesus. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man... You want me to break it down in the original language for you? That no man, no one means no one. Nobody. Not one person slips through the crack. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Boom. That's the line in the sand. That is why the non-believing cannot stand Christianity. The closed-mindedness of Christianity. But here's the deal. I didn't say that. I didn't write that. That came directly from the mouth of Jesus. So here's the deal. He can't be all things to make that claim. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He either has to be who he says he is, the Lord. He has to be a liar. And liars aren't good people, so it kind of refutes that argument. Or he has to be a lunatic. That's the three options. Lord, liar, lunatic. So which one is it? I have devoted my life and my faith and my belief system to the fact that Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to make a case for that today. And all I'm asking you to do if you do not believe that today is at least be open-minded to the case that I make today. If you decide at the end of that case you do not agree, man, I still love you. Man, I still will hug your neck. We're good. It's not my job to determine what you believe. I don't answer for it. (laughs) But this, leave that verse up, please, Andrew. This is what sets Jesus apart from all the other world religions. It's the exclusive claim that he is the Father. It's the exclusive claim that nobody comes to God 
except through him. And if we want to look at different world religions, that is different than their beliefs. Real quickly, I want to kind of look at some of the other world religions today and give you one or two sentences about them. Let me make this very clear, other religions. You can find beauty in their beliefs. I want to acknowledge that. You can find truth in their beliefs. But the difference becomes in the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Take, take Buddhism, for example. Buddhism has no final type of existence. What a Buddhist would believe is in countless rebirths. We're reborn, 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 and eventually we want to end that cycle of rebirths and we pass on. They believe there is no God. There is no God in Buddhism. Hinduism is very different. It has an impersonal God that is attached through deities, statues, and idols. Buddhism and Hinduism, they do not offer the forgiveness of sins or they do not offer supernatural help. Only karma. What you do happens, comes back to you. If you do bad things, you're likely to get bad things. If you do good things, you're likely to get good things. Then there's Muslim. They worship a singular God, Allah. There are no secondary gods. There is a total ban on the worshiping of idols and statues. Your standing with Allah depends 100% on your works. If you do good things, you're in good standing. If you do bad things... You're in bad standing. The problem is the formula is messed up. No one can tell you how many good things you have to do versus how many bad things and how many bad things eliminate you and how level of bad is bad. There's no standard for what's good and bad except they're man-made rules on what is good and bad. New Age religion is a very popular, growing religion today. It believes we have no personal God. They're going to believe in almost what they would call a higher consciousness. They want to be one with the cosmos. They're in Zen and their surroundings. There's beauty in all of them. But then there's Christianity. Christianity has a personal God exposed to us through the love of God's Son, Jesus. Jesus offers the forgiveness of sins. It has nothing, and I'm going to break this down for you today, it has nothing to do with our religious effort. It has nothing to do with how good you are or how bad you are. I've got good news for all of you at Action Church. It has nothing to do with where you go to church. That's good because that would probably, this would have probably eliminated you. Just saying. Christianity has nothing to do with our goodness but everything to do with God's goodness. Now, here's the deal. I didn't tell you that any of those are right or wrong. I just went through four or five of the most popular religions out there. And of those four or five popular religions, it doesn't take a scientist to see that they believe different things. And because they believe different things, it doesn't take much common sense to simply note this. Things that are different are not the same. 
I just believe all religions are right. Well, how is that possible? They all believe something different. I respect somebody more who believes in a different religion and says this is the way, even though I don't agree with it, over someone who just wants to keep peace, love, and harmony and say, man, we're all the same. It's not all the same. It common sense doesn't make sense. We live in a society today where all things are the same. Let me upset some of you today. Men and women are different. They're not the same. I didn't say which one is better than the other. But they're not the same. That can upset you. It can hurt your feelings. They're not the same. Doesn't take a brain surgeon to realize that. Red and blue are not the same. Black and yellow are not the same. Things that are different, I'll say, day and night are not the same. They're different. World religions that believe different things are not the same. So it does matter what you believe because the reality is one of them is right and one of them or the rest of them are wrong. I don't understand why in the day and time that we live in that is such a hard concept to believe. Now again, I'm not telling you that Christianity is right and everything else is wrong. I'm simply telling you that things that are different are not the same. Now I am going to make a case for you today based on Christianity. And I'm simply going to stop, back back that up. I'm not going to make a case for you on Christianity. Because what society has turned Christianity in would make God throw up. I'm going to make a case today for you to consider Jesus. Just consider him. Just be open-minded. I'm not saying you have to believe like I do. We're not going to lock the doors and keep you here to you acknowledge him. Because again, it's between you and God. But I'm going to ask you to consider him. And if I am right, there's going to be a lot of people in trouble because the Bible says he's the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father except through him. This is not the end-all, end-all. It is just the passing through stage. This world is not our home. I'm smoking what I'm selling. We were not created to walk this earth for 70 years and chase the dollar and have relationships and have up and downs. That's not why we were created. Goodbye here. The Bible says to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. There is an eternity. I believe that. I believe this book backs it up. So I'm not asking you to consider anything today but Jesus. I'm not asking you to consider the church. I'm not asking you to consider Christian denominations. And like I said, I sure am not asking you to consider Christianity. There has never been any religion that has been politicized more in our country than Christianity. Someone asked me the other day, they said, it bothers me you don't have an American flag in the service. Let me make this very clear to you. I love our country. But we gather here today to worship Jesus. 
I'm thankful that we live in a country where we can come together and at this time in our life, worship with freedom. We don't have an American flag. We're not going to do a patriotic service on the 4th of July. It's about Jesus. We're not asking you to consider Christianity. We're asking you to consider Jesus. You definitely, I'm not going to ask you to consider the behavior of those who call themselves Christians. I'm not asking you to consider Christianity the religion. I just want you to consider Jesus today. And is he Lord, liar, or lunatic? He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He's either who he says he is, he's a liar, or he's just a lunatic. But things that are different are not the same. He's one of the three. So what I want you today, first of all, is I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus. The Bible says in Mark 2, 16, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and the tax By the way, the Pharisees were the religious people of the day. This, uh, I don't want to say who it would be. You know who they are. They're the people that have been praying for you to get into church and you tell them you're coming to Action Church, and they go, oh. That's the people that find out I'm your pastor. Oh. Hmm. You know what I heard? What you hear, I love the rumors. Like, I wish my life was as exciting as the rumors. I am the biggest sexual stud in Cherokee County, according to the rumors. I am also the biggest drug lord in Cherokee County. And I own a porn company. I'd have a whole lot more money, and we wouldn't be worried about rent around here if all those were true. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, oh, I love this verse. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He said, I've not come to call the righteous, but I have come to call the sinners. I love verse 16, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, were questioning why Jesus was hanging out with the non-religious of the day. I love that. It was almost making them mad. I, I like, hey, you know, he's eating with the sinners. And then I like how the tax collectors had their own classification. They weren't even considered sinners. Somebody say amen. amen. 87,000 new ones coming here soon. Listen, the sinners and the tax collectors. Make sure that gets out of the podcast too. I don't, I don't want them coming to my house. He's eating with them. And they asked the disciples. Oh, and here's what's funny to me too. They went to the disciples. They didn't go to Jesus. You know what's funny? All you people hear all this stuff about me, but no one ever comes to me and asks me about it. They come to you about it. They don't want to come to the source, so we'll beat around the bush about it. They ask the disciples, why does he do that? No righteous person 
would eat with those people. They're too dirty. They're too filthy. They're too full of sin. But upon hearing this, man, what does Jesus do? I love this with all my heart. He said, man, it is not the healthy who need a doctor. Not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. That's the people who need the message that I'm bringing. He said, I've not come to call the righteous. I've come to call the sinners. Here's what we need to understand when you're considering the ministry of Jesus. Jesus came for people like you and me. The people who don't have it all together. The people who aren't trying to hide the fact that they don't have it all together. He didn't come for the high church. He didn't come for church to be a dress show on Sunday morning. He didn't come for it to be a form of tradition and religion. He came because we are screwed up people. The Bible says for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings today, but you're an F up. I'm an F up. You're a screw up. I'm a screw up. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I know you think that I'm perfect and have it all together, but I'm here to burst your bubble today and tell you that's simply not true. And thank God Jesus came for us. The ministry of Jesus was for outsiders, not insiders. You want to know why we're still here? It's to carry out his ministry. It's to be salt. He said, you're the salt of the earth. Salt is no good unless it's around something that needs savoring. He said, you're the light of the world. Light does you no good. If I open the flashlight right now, it doesn't do any good. But if we go back here to where it's dark and I open that flashlight, suddenly that light becomes powerful. We're to be around darkness where we can be light. That's why we exist. Man, think about Jesus. Think about those in the Bible that the religious rejected. And Jesus showed love too. I love when the woman was caught in adultery. And all the religious people said stone her to death. And the law of the day said she deserved death. Jesus looked at them and said, hey, that's cool. We'll kill her. We'll stone her. Whichever one of you haven't sinned first, throw the first stone. And religious leaders look back and they begin to drop their rocks. And one after another, they walked away. He looked at that broken woman. He said, you go your way and you sin no more. You know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't sit there and tell her everything she'd done wrong. Guess what? She already knew it. I always think it's funny when I screw up here. You screwed up. What? I had no clue. My whole world's falling apart because of that thing I did. But thank you for enlightening me, you idiot. He just looked at her and said, Go on your way. That's who Jesus came for. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Think about the Jesus who opened the blind eyes, healed the deaf ears, caused the mute to speak. He touched the lepers and they were instantly healed. Those that no one would go near, those that were outcast outside the city, that's who Jesus came for. Think about the ministry. I know this would make all, all the Baptists choke, but they'd be turn that water into wine. Think about he turned, he fed the 5,000 men and thousands more, perhaps, with women and children. He walked on water. He raised the dead. And, and here's what's crazy. I put this on Facebook this week. All the critics saw the miracles he's performed. None of them explained away the miracles he performed. 
They saw it with their own eyes. Yet they just wanted him to stop. They saw the impact that he was having on the outcast, and they wanted him to stop. He saw the impact he was having on those who needed him, and they just simply wanted him to stop. We see that you're making the deaf to hear and the blind to see, but just stop doing that. Because if you teach those people acceptance and you teach those people that God loves them and you teach them people that God loves them right where they are, how are we going to lord over them? Religion says do this. And Jesus just says, I already did this when I gave my life on the cross. Consider his works. I could have a day here. One day I'm going to come with no sermon. And I'm just going to have people stand up and share stories of what Jesus has done. I'm going to have people stand up and talk about how their marriage was on the rocks and almost over and Jesus came along. And I'm going to have that junkie stand up and say, man, I was so strung out and I couldn't go a day without it. And then Jesus came along. And then I'm going to have that person stand up and say, man, every day I had to start my day with a drink because if I didn't, I had the shakes. And then nothing would take it away. Man, and Jesus came along. I had no relationship with my kids, and I had no relationship with my family, and then Jesus came along. He's an on-time, all-the-time God, and I want you to consider the ministry he is. He's impacted your life. You wouldn't be where you are today, and I know some of you today are going through hell. You're going through a battle. You're going through a storm, but even in that battle, even in that storm, you know deep inside that Jesus is walking with you, and you'll get through it, not because of your own might, but because of the ministry of Jesus. Just consider the ministry of Jesus. He came for us. And then he takes that mess and he uses it for the greatest ministry. One of the best marriage counselors I know is a man who lost everything through an affair. So how can he teach you something? He can teach you everything because he lost everything. God molded him in that moment. God shaped him in that moment. It's the ministry of Jesus. I'm a product of the ministry of Jesus. You think I should be standing up on this stage teaching to people in Canton, Georgia, where I was on the front page of the paper? But that's the problem. That's the Jesus we serve. We hold people's mistakes over them. Jesus says, I don't even remember them. What'd you do? As far as the east is from the west, man, I remember your sin no more. That's my Jesus. I'm just asking you to consider Jesus today. Not only am I asking you to consider the ministry of Jesus, I I want you to consider the resurrection of Jesus. Hmm. You need to understand something today. God loves you. And as much as God loves you, God hates sin. But as much as God hates sin, he loves you. And he knew because of our sin, our sin, he knew that imperfect people could not live in a perfect place. So something had to be done about our sin. So he sent his son in the form of Jesus, who was born of a virgin, so he didn't inherit the sin nature of an earthly father. 
And he lived this life for 33 years without sin. So he could go to the cross and pay the penalty for our sins. I know it's cliche, it's the old hymn, he paid the debt he did not owe. Owed a debt I could not pay. He paid the price for our sin. Wanting nothing in return. And on the cross, think about this, on the cross, while all creation was mocking him. Think about this, creation mocking the creator. <laughs> At the moment when they had done their worst, he's hanging on the cross, they've beaten him to where he's unrecognizable. And oh, by the way, nobody throughout history will deny the crucifixion of Jesus. Historians, atheists, people who do not believe he resurrected will still tell you there was a man named Jesus. And he died on a cross. They beat him to the point that he was unrecognizable. They drove stakes through his wrist, through his heels. He's hanging on an instrument across that was literally designed for torture. It would make your body sag where you couldn't breathe. It was a slow, painful death. And he looks up to heaven and Jesus says, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. And he said, it is finished. What was finished? Sin. Our payment for sin was finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. After that, the earth went dark. The earth trembled. Even the centurion who came and took the cross from Jesus, he was carrying it because Jesus kept falling, who, who, who was an unbeliever, <laughs> said, surely this man was the son of God. And three days later, the stone rolled away. The tomb was empty and Jesus was not there. And Christians believe he was raised from the dead. And Peter said it this way in Acts, Acts 3.15. He said, you killed the author of life. Don't miss this. Peter said this. But God raised him from the dead. And he says, we are witnesses of this. That's vital. Peter says, we saw it with our own eyes. How many of you have ever been a witness to a crime? Like you witnessed the crime. Anybody? Anybody? Me, I have. They come to you and they ask you, did you see that? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. Now, how many of you heard about a crime? That's different. You heard about it. You saw it. He said, we're witnesses. We are witnesses that Jesus was dead and he's alive. It's so important. It's so vital to understand that there were eyewitnesses that he was dead. Even Josephus, who was a historian and wrote books, talks about the appearances of Jesus to people after his death. History says over and over, and skeptics and critics will give you all the theories. One of the theories is, well, the Roman soldiers probably stole the body. Why would the enemies of Christ... Still, his body, where his believers would then believe he's alive and create a revolution in the process. The, the Roman government would have loved nothing more than to produce the body of Jesus and be like, no, he's dead. Here it is. Then I've heard, well, the disciples stole the body. So you're going to tell me 11 disciples, because Judas was dead, overpowered and trained. 
overpowered, trained, and armed Roman soldiers that were guarding the tomb. The baddest of the bad, the Roman soldiers. Yet these men showed up, overpowered them, and stole the body. And had they done that, you would still have the testimony of the Roman guards who said, we were overpowered and they stole the body. You think that 11 uneducated, average men devised this elaborate scheme, 11 of them now, and kept it secret throughout all times. You want to keep a secret? Tell one person yourself. The minute you tell one person, baby, it's no longer a secret. Said so these 11 men pulled this off and never told anyone, and 2,000-something years later, 2,022 years later, it's still been kept a secret. No. The tomb was empty. He did what he said he would do. He conquered death. We serve a, a Savior today who's alive. The tomb is empty. Somebody say Amen. Only one of the disciples even doubted it. Here's what's so amazing about Jesus. Who doubted Thomas? They call him Doubting Thomas. He said, man, I ain't going to believe it till I sit and stick my fingers in the scar wounds. What happens? Jesus shows up on the scene. Oh, Thomas starts. He said, go ahead. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Touch my sides. Stop doubting and start believing. And the one who doubted, don't miss this, Thomas, go back and study your history. The one who doubted ended up moving to India, became a great evangelist. And when they asked him to renounce his faith in Jesus Christ, he refused. He said, I will never renounce my Savior. And they drove a spear through his body, and that's how they killed Thomas. The one who doubted. But he no longer doubted when he saw what? The resurrected Savior. Consider the resurrection. We're eyewitnesses. There's eyewitnesses. You killed him, but he's alive. Don't consider Christians. Don't consider me. I'll let you down. Let me encourage you as your pastor today. I will piss you off. And when I do, I will not apologize. Character flaw. I'll never admit you're right, even if you're right. I'm going to hurt your feelings. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to do something that makes news, and you're going to be like, oh, my. Happens pretty regular. So I'm not asking you to consider me. I'm not asking you to consider this church. Good Lord, look to your right today. Now look to your left today. Now turn around and look at the people behind you today. Do not consider this church. Please God. This is the island of misfit toys. Yeah. 
Sometimes, man, y'all shock even me. Just when I think you can't shock me anymore, boom, you shock me more. This is a screwed up place with a screwed up leader. I'm not asking you to consider that, but I'm asking you to consider Jesus. I'm asking you to acknowledge that things that are different are not the same. I'm asking you to acknowledge that he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So either it has to be Lord, liar, or lunatic. You decide today which one. If he's the liar, then why are we doing this? If he's a lunatic, who wants to follow a lunatic? I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I'm proud of y'all. It looked, took you two seconds. I'm just asking you to consider. I'm just asking you to consider. So I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus. He came for people like us. Messed up, flawed people. Matter of fact, we believe that so much that if you have it all together and you're perfect, please find another church. Because you're going to be super unhappy here. You just are. Go find another church where they have it all together. You'll find out real quick they don't. They just hide it better than us. We flaunt our crazy on the front porch around here. Y'all saw that meme the other day someone sent me. It was Tiger Woods and John Daly. Did you see it? It had Tiger Woods and said other pastors. And the guy had the John Daly and said, Action Church Pastor. I was so proud of that picture. I was. I was. I loved it. Because that's what I want us to always be. Because guess what? That's who Jesus was. You could change that and put religion on Tiger and put Christianity on John Daly. Should have put that on the screen. Way to go, Xander, for not letting me think about that. Consider Jesus. Came for sinners. Consider the resurrection. Eyewitnesses in history proved he's never been. Where's the body? Body would have turned up. They found all the other things. They found Noah's Ark. They found all the other things. Where's the body? Where's the bones? He resurrected. You say, it just seems crazy. It is crazy. It's supernatural. I just need to see it. Then it wouldn't be faith. Faith is the absence of things not seen. I want you to consider, and I also want you to consider the message of Jesus. Consider the message of Jesus. I want you to consider the eternal Message of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 3.22, the righteousness, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. It's saying those who simply believe obtain the righteousness of Christ. All those who what? Believe. That's all, that's all it takes. We're made right with God By placing our faith in who? Jesus. It's that simple. 
We've complicated it. We've made it hard. We've turned it into a list of do's and don'ts. I gave my life to Christ in what's known as an independent fundamental Baptist church. Does anybody know what that is? All different, all kinds of different churches. There's Southern Baptist churches, there's Methodist, but then there's independent fundamental Baptist churches. They had all these rules. I never, women couldn't wear pants. Uh, you couldn't go eat anywhere that served alcohol. So at that time, you could go eat at Shoney's. That's how that worked out for Shoney's. Uh, couldn't play any songs. This is their rule. Couldn't play any songs that weren't at least 25 years old because something magical happened to the song at 25 years old. King James was the only Bible. Um, The MOG, the man of God. Had to go to him for everything. I'm thinking about buying a park car, Pastor. What do you think? What the Lord's told me. It was just weird. Weird. All these rules, all these regulations. I was off with my pastor one day, and he was pretty honest with me. We had a good relationship. And God used that man to radically change my life, so I don't want to discredit that. And I said, man, I don't see all these things in the Bible. His name is Randy. We called him Brother Randy. I said, I don't see all these things in the Bible, Brother Randy. He said, well, sometimes you just can't let the inmates run the asylum. That's all he said. Here's what he was saying. We have all these rules and regulations to keep them in line. Not because God said these things, but to keep them in line. God forbid we give people the freedom of choice in life. God God forbid we allow their relationship to be between them and God. They'd get up and preach against the Pope all day long, but yet they set themselves up as the Pope. And that's so not what it's about. It says the righteousness is given through faith in Christ. We're made right with God by believing in him, by putting our faith in him. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter how dark the stories are in your life, no matter if you're better or worse than me, your faith comes through Christ. No matter how messed up your life is right now. It's always funny because normally people end up at this church. We don't advertise this church crap. We don't even got a sign on the right part of the building. We don't do Facebook ads. I barely talk about it. So normally if you end up at this church, you end up at this church because somebody invited you. You have a relationship with someone. And it's funny the people I have relationships with, for some reason, I don't know if it's just the human nature of guilt they always feel like before they come visit, they need to verbally vomit all their mess on me. And I always am like, I don't care. And I don't care because I'm cold-hearted. I just don't care. Because Christ doesn't care. It's about faith in him. I don't, I don't care that you snorted a line before you came in. That's between you and God. I don't care if you're running around your wife. That's between... You and God. I don't care if you stole $10,000 from your job. Just tithe on it here. I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I ain't kidding about it. You should tithe on it for real. No, I'm just saying it's between you and God. Someone told me, they said, man, recently I had someone come and say, man, I feel, feel God drawing me to him. So that's awesome. So explain it to him. And he started talking about he'd been raised. He goes, 
He goes, but here's the problem. How do I get past the fact that, that I hated Christianity for so long? I said, you think God cares about that? You think you're the first? There's a dude that wrote most of the New Testament named Paul. He used to kill Christians. Anyone who places their faith. Anyone who places their faith. Anyone who places their faith in Christ. The Bible says they're saved. That's hard for us. Because we hold grudges. We don't want that person. We won't say that, but we don't want that person to get saved. They did us wrong. We don't want that person to experience forgiveness because they hurt us. Christ forgave us. (laughs) See, Christianity isn't about your works. It's not about your good outweighing your bad. And I'm asking you to consider the eternal message of Jesus Christ. It's not about how much money you give. It's not where you go to church. It's not how much of the Bible you read, how often you pray. It literally is Christ plus nothing. Anything else you add to it, it becomes religion. Anything else. If it's Christ plus church attendance, it's religion. Now, I think you ought to be in church. Why wouldn't you want to be here on a Sunday morning? It's just for the show. It's fine. We're a family. We're a community. There's power in it. But coming here is not going to get you to heaven. It's not how much you give. I believe, I believe you ought to tithe. I don't make no bones about that. The greatest thing my wife and I ever done was learn the gift of tithing. You cannot outgive God. Some of you are having financial troubles today because you're selfish with your money. I'm just being honest with you today. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, I don't care. I don't depend on you to pay the bills around here. God uses people here to pay the bills around here. But it's not God plus giving. It's not God plus how you dress. It's not God plus never having a beer. It's not God plus having the perfect marriage. It's not God plus having great children. It's God plus Christ plus nothing. It's not Christ plus not having bad thoughts. It's not Christ plus not getting angry. I want you to consider the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus simply putting our faith in believing that he did what he did on the cross. See, religion is what the world wants you to have because religion is about me. Here's what I did. Here's what I do. Here's where I go. Here's what I give. It's what I do. Am I good enough? Did I get, do enough good stuff to outweigh the bad stuff? And their answer is, no, you didn't. Religion's all about me. Jesus didn't come to create a religion. Don't miss this. He came to create a relationship. A relationship's all about Jesus. Religion is all about me. If I'm good enough, God will love me. That's religion. Relationship says, I love you no matter what. Because he accepts me, I choose to obey. I don't obey to get him to accept me. I'm not in an effort to gain his love. He already loves me. 
The day my kids were born, I loved them. There's nothing my children can do that would make me love them more. Nothing. You know why? They're my children. I don't always like them. But I always love them. I think I've used this illustration before. We were watching the Ted Bundy um, documentary one time. It was fascinating. But I found the most fascinating was when they put his mom on there. Never looked at it from her point of view. And I never remember she's sitting there and she's broken and she's had to deal with the stigma of being Ted Bundy's mom. And she said what he did was horrible. And she said, he deserved to die. But then she said, but he was my son. And I always loved him. It's hard for us to fathom until we're in that role. Christ loves us. We don't obey Christ to get him to love us. He loves us. Matter of fact, when you truly, fully understand how much he loves you, that's when life transformation happens because you'll want to change your life based on that love. I no longer want to do the old things that I used to do because God loves me. God has a plan for me. God has a purpose for me. God has a calling for me. I want to live out that calling. I don't want to live it out with a bunch of rules. I don't want to live it out with a bunch of regulations. But I want to live it out with the truest heart possible. Because when you realize how much he loves you, your heart falls into the right place. Religion is spelled D-O, do. Relationship is spelled D-O-N-E, done. It's done. When Christ died on the cross, he did all that needed to be done. We simply have to believe. But that's hard for us to fathom. Literally, someone will message me today who walk. We have people who watch our services every week online just to nitpick it. And here's what they'll say today. You preach easy believism. Yep. He didn't make it complicated. He made it where we just have to believe in him. That's the problem, though. We think it all depends on us. We think it's how good we do. You're not good enough. Neither am I. Imperfect things don't get into a perfect heaven. But thank God we don't have to be good enough. He loves us. In the muck, in the mire, broke, busted, and disgusted. That's the message of Jesus. Every other world religion is do, 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 trying to get us to conform to rules and regulations, and Christ just says it's done. Things that are different are not the same. I'm just asking you to consider Jesus today. If it's not Jesus, then it's got to be something. It does matter what you believe. It does. Because what you believe determines how you live your life. I'm done living my life based on rules. I'm done living my life based on regulations. 
I'm done living my life because society says this is how a pastor ought to be. It ain't happening. You don't like that? Fine. I'll send you, I, tell me what you're looking for in the church. I'll be glad to point you in the right direction. I don't care. I'm done living my life based on what people think how you ought to live. I can't believe so-and-so is going to your church. Why? Did you hear what they did? I don't care what they did. Notice what I did there? I didn't ask what did they do because I don't care what they do. You gossips. People come to me all the time. You know, someone came to me about, why'd you listen? Why'd they feel comfortable enough? I don't care what they think about you. I already know you're messed up. You wouldn't be here. That's what we do. We don't hide it. Just consider Jesus today. Consider his ministry, it was for us. Consider the resurrection. Tomb is empty. And consider the message. He did all the work. We just got to believe. What you believe does matter. So when someone says it's all the same, it's not all the same. God never said that. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man. You don't get to add a but to the end of that. No man comes to the Father except through me. It's easy believism. You know what it's not? It's not easy prayerism. Don't come down and say a little cute little prayer. It's just easy believism. Put your faith and trust in him. I don't know why we don't do altar calls around here and let people pray to receive Christ. Show me a prayer in the Bible where they receive Christ. God never said that. He said, believe. He did say, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's amazing what we believe that doesn't exist. You know where the altar call came from? It came from a guy named Charles Finley. He was a famous evangelist. He was a lawyer before that. He decided he was sick of preaching the truth and not coming to a verdict because he was so used to being in court. So he said, I want a verdict. I want people to come down and man-made emotion and give me a verdict. You just got to believe. Quit complicating it. Let's pray.